Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is Nick Luke. He and his wife, Amy, are the founders of Slick Hound, which is, I I don't want to just say dog collars because it's so much more than that, and he'll tell you about it. But basically, Slick Hound is dog collars, handmade dog collars. So welcome to the show today. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you here, Nick. Let's hear about Slick Hound. Third time's a charm, uh, it sounds like, when it comes to your story. Tell us about how it got started and then all the iterations before you got to where you are today. Well, like the stories always start in the dog business, it started with a dog. Yes. So we fell in love with a Whippet. My wife and I was our first dog we got for Christmas. His name's Dasher. And we still have him. And now we have three other dogs. So, so four dogs. Four family. in total now. But that was that was what kind of started it for us. It exposed us to the world of pet accessories and the business end of it. And I'm a lifelong entrepreneur and opportunity seeker. So we were actually invited by one of our friends who owns a dog store here in town to give collar making a try mm-hmm. because it's a, it can be a lucrative business if done properly. And um, after many years of unsuccessful attempts of making it a real business. Um, in 2014, it kind of all clicked for us and it's been, it's been a crazy ride since then. Yeah. You learned a lot. I mean, when I was reading about your story, um, there were two different attempts before this to actually make a go of it. What were the challenges during those two attempts and what finally made it all click for this slick hound? So there were a lot of challenges we faced. Some of them were challenges, you know, personal challenges to overcome. Of course, when you start a business, your income is based on that. So, right. you know, a lot of us are have jobs mm-hmm. that interfere with our ability to have our own business. So that was certainly a, a struggle. But I think for us at the beginning, uh, not knowing how to sew was a big obstacle Ooh. to sewing together dog collars for a living. you were do all this yourself. You weren't going to have a manufactured elsewhere. Well... We didn't really have the clearest concept of exactly how it was going to happen. We had more of the concept of the end result. Mm -hmm. Um, Getting there proved to be a several-year-long journey of um, experimentation. But we started with a contract seamstress and with our equipment. So we purchased the equipment and reached out to people who knew how to sew and went that route. And unfortunately for us at that time, Dog collars are a little bit more complicated than they appear on the surface. <laughs> I was because they must be because they seem fairly simple to me. It 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 would seem that it's simple, but sewing um, a piece of finished product of any kind is really a challenge. Mm-hmm. And then when you start talking about dog collars, it's a very small surface area yeah. to work in. Uh, the margins uh, are very slim, and then it's a very it's a heavy duty application. Mm-hmm. You know, dog collars are a safety just as much as they are fashion. And it's just not the machines you buy at at Hobby Lobby right. that get the job done. Mm-hmm. And there's no book out there to make dog collars. 
uh, like one would maybe expect. It's it's a little bit of a emerging market and something of our times, people making dog collars, and it, it's something you have to kind of find mm-hmm. out for yourself. So you didn't know how to sew first time through. You hired contract um, seamstress or, you know, sewers. What do you call those? Seamstresses, sewers, or what? Do you, what is the term these days? Uh, you know, no one told me what the term was, <laughs> but I've always called them seamstresses. Okay. Now I just call them my wife because she's <laughs> the one that sews for us. So it was definitely interesting. You, Every time you go out and do something new, the education is rich. Yes, so. absolutely. So if your wife is doing the sewing now, she must have learned how to sew. Was this trial and error over time, or did she go take classes somewhere? How did that all work out? Somewhere in between the first and second attempt of starting Slickown, we realized that going through a commercial seamstress with our budget and the type of startup capital we had, which was none after the first time we failed because mm-hmm. we lost all but then, that we would have to figure out how to do it ourselves. And um, she took some classes, and we had a real – there was a time there where we didn't even believe in ourselves anymore. After the first time, we were really hesitant. It was the most money I'd ever lost doing something before. It wasn't that much money. I mean, we're, we're talking five or $8,000. It wasn't – it was a lot for yeah. us. Um, but we bought a $40 Singer sewing machine, like the black and gold variety mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. your grandma has. And that's how she first learned to string a sewing machine – and do it, but learning to make a dog, and she took some classes and learned how to make aprons and pillows and certain <laughs> things like that, but it was after just a few classes and a few attempts on this little sewing machine that we just realized without the right equipment, there was no education to be had, because mm-hmm. you can't practice making something that you don't have the means to make. Sure, sure. So it was... It was a a point in time where I went back to school, and I believe I had some extra financial aid, and we bought our first real industrial sewing machine, and things were within our reach from Mm -hmm. that moment. Now, you did this because a friend had a store that sold dog accessories and thought that dog collars could be lucrative. Mm -hmm. Um, Why is there such a demand? I mean, you can go, I'm not being a devil's advocate here. I'm just curious. You can go to any retailer, um, department store, uh, you know, like Target's, Walmart's, places like that, and they have a whole aisle full of dog collars. So what what did your friend see as a niche here that gave birth eventually to Slick Hound that was going to make you different from all those dog collars that are already out there? Well, she was real successful selling a certain variety of collar, which is still available to this day, but not available in the same capacity it was back then. Mm -hmm. Um, The change in that business model um, opened the door for the opportunity for us to step in. And I think that she knew it was a good deal because she was doing it. I mean, she was living, the cash register never lies. That's what we say. And she made made good money selling dog collars. And when that ended for her, she reached out to other people to see if it could be replicated. Mm. And we felt it could be. But to answer your question in a more broader scope, uh, the dog collar business is a lot, you don't go to PetSmart to buy dog collars, or some people don't, or most people don't maybe, because it's the same reason people don't shop for fun things from Walmart. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't go shopping for fashion items from Walmart. It's just not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why department stores survive. Um, and beyond that, the pet service business is the biggest part of pet business. Right. So people who have the means will pay a little bit more to make sure their dog is well taken care of at these service 
stations, grooming, boarding, uh, bathing of any kind. And that opens up a whole market of retail with that captured audience. And those people just don't go to PetSmart for very much. And that mm -hmm. includes food or anything, you know. Okay. What is different about your collars? I know they're very fashionable. Uh, talk to us about um, what they look like, what they're made out mm -hmm. of, how they're different. So we manufacture a cotton-wrapped collar. So it's got cotton fabrics on the outside, and it's sewn into a very strong nylon webbing. Uh, webbing is the hallmark of dog collars. If you go to PetSmart, you'll get a collar that's just webbing mm. and there's nothing else to it, um, which is a very durable material. It's not very much fun. You can only print a minimal amount of things on webbing and there's just not a lot of options there. So the fabric for us, when we sew the fabric on top of the webbing, it just unleashes a whole new world of colors and emotions that you can have when you purchase a dog collar that you just don't get from the more simple varieties at the store. And mm -hmm. beyond that, even, we offer a lot more sizes and dimensions uh, to better fit dogs than what they do at the bigger mm -hmm. stores. Mm -hmm. Do you make all these by hand still? Mm -hmm. Everything is made by hand. We uh, set out to open up our own manufacturing facility in April in the River Market. And now we employ, uh, including my wife and I, about five people. And we just sew collars every day. Yeah. Where are you distributing these? Who carries them? Uh, they are now distributed in 17 states mm -hmm. across the country, and they're almost entirely distributed by um, small businesses, owner-operated shops right. across the country, Main Street America, and then um, our actually our biggest uh, line of distribution is is our is our own retail. Um, there was a time. Uh, that we thought we were just going to be a wholesaler. Mm -hmm. And that was probably um, why the second go around wasn't successful because that was our mentality. Mm -hmm. And the third time around, we didn't do wholesale at all. We went straight into retail ourselves, doing events. And we have, we have found ways to sell a lot more dog collars than the stores do. So. Oh, I bet. So when you say doing events, are you talking about going to um, uh, some of these uh, spring and fall uh, festival type of events? We've tried all kinds of events, and mm -hmm. we've gone. Um, but, yes, the fall festivals um, are a big deal for us here in Kansas City, the fall season, of course, and then uh, spring festivals. So we'll do carnivals mm -hmm. where there's rides and we really like the ones with beer gardens because it, you know, attracts a little older audience. <laughs> and then, um, but we've done, um, you know, like pet events and shopping events like the Holiday Boutique mm -hmm. in Overland Park is sure. one of our biggest shows that yeah. we do every year. And we have a great following there. But we've, we've gone to New Orleans for events in San Francisco. And we went to Sturgis last year up in South Dakota. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we've really, if there's enough people there... We can sell dog collars. Yeah. Now, of course, I mean, everybody has dogs. It's it's crazy. Uh, have you tried up in, say, like the Aspen area? There are tons of dogs up in, in that area. Yeah. We we want to go everywhere. Mm -hmm. We would really like to. Um, traveling has its own challenges, we found, the hard way. And uh, we are planning. We're, 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 we're going to try to make it out to uh, Colorado for an event um, this holiday season if it yeah. works out. Yeah, there's lots, lots and lots of dogs up in that area. Um, when you talk about the materials, I think I read somewhere where you use, is it Kevlar? Yes. Why do you use Kevlar? Well, as far as I know, That's we're the like only... bulletproof vest stuff, right? It is the strongest commercially available thread mm -hmm. in the entire world. And 
there's a trend in making dog collars that a lot of people just get into it and what you risk when you buy something from just anybody or on Etsy or something is that the quality of the product isn't enough to be safe for the dog. Mm -hmm. And that's what dog collars really are. It's about safety for the dog. And the Kevlar thread ensures both in the customer's mind and when they leave the machine that they are never coming apart ever. And yeah, whenever you say safety, I'm I'm agreeing with you there. I don't think most people probably think about the safety aspect. I mean, they snap a leash onto it and off they go. But if that got dog collar breaks or whatever, the dog can just run, and that's what you mean by the safety part. It just yeah. takes one squirrel, and that could be the end of your dog. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't laugh, but so. yes, you're absolutely right there. Uh, so, so you actually use Kevlar on those. You were talking about distribution. How about internet sales? Do you offer them over the internet? We do online sales. We've found that um, online sales are a pretty big challenge that requires a lot of um, ingenuity and money and consistency and oftentimes the expertise of others Mm -hmm. to really be successful. The Internet is a tremendous tool that we use every day, but it's also a vast, vast ocean, and there's a lot of competition out there. And when you have people who don't know who you are or what you're about or where you come from, it's not always about the pictures and the descriptions. There's a level of, of credibility that mm-hmm. you don't have in some customers' mind if they're just seeing you on a website. And that's been one of the bigger challenges online for us. It's the hope that someday the website could be a, a huge revenue-generating um, side of our business. But... Um, if we just did web sales, we wouldn't be much of a business right now. Okay. When you talk about um, the custom sizes, not, you didn't say custom, but you said you have more of a variety of sizes than you can get in some of the retail stores. Do you do custom fittings? Uh, if somebody wanted to bring their dog in, would you? I mean, how does that work? We have a very public space in the river market mm-hmm. as far as exposure, and we have a lot of people come to our shop uh, wanting to know more, wanting to get collars, and we don't currently engage in retail, but it, it's we don't try to turn people away mm-hmm. at the same time, and it's not like uh, crowds of people or like a Black Friday sales event or anything like that, mm-hmm. but um, we can do custom fittings. We have found that the collars that we offer are generally pretty acceptable amongst all the breeds. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I know, we have the largest variety of sizes of any collar manufacturer that exists anywhere. Uh, our pop fashion line of collar, which is the, the invention or the, the light bulb that went off in the third attempt of starting slick Hound, that's really set us on the path that we are on today. It comes in five different widths and six different lengths. And it's like some 26 different varieties. Wow. Um, and you can get that you know, any of those 26 varieties in Kansas City Royals themed collars or in polka dots or in plaids. And if you like a collar um, with our company, um, no matter how big or small your dog is, you can get that collar for your dog, which is a departure from um, the experience a lot of people have. Mm -hmm. Sometimes uh, you'll see a collar you really like, and you may have a very small or a very large dog, and they don't make them in that size. Right, And you know, it for those people who have those types of dogs, um, it's frustrating, you know, because you want to have mm-hmm. all the neat and cutesy things that all the other dog owners have, <laughs> but your dog weighs 220 pounds and <laughs> they don't make them that big. So that's one of the things that we've really um, 
really latched onto. We want to bring dog fashion to the masses, to mm-hmm. all dogs and to all people. Well, and you know that dog lovers are, I was going to say, a special kind of breed, but they, they really are. They're, they're, you know, border or are fanatical in many cases. And so when you can offer them um, the selection and just the, the care and so forth that comes through, even in hearing you talk about these, I'm sure that you, your, you and your wife get fans, too, that you stay loyal and that you hear from, that you get a lot of feedback from. Yes, definitely. We have some customers that some months they're the ones that are keeping us going. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just incredible. Like you would think that maybe they stole somebody's credit card <laughs> when they're shopping online or that they are the owners of all 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> but you find out that they're just a, a sweet couple living, you know, in a small town and they just love their dogs and their dogs have a different collar for every day of the week. So, and we love those customers. Of we, course you we do. We love to find more of those customers. So if you're out there, you know, check out SlickHound.com. Yes, SlickHound.com. You can check them out there. You mentioned that you've been entrepreneurial all your life. What brought you to the point of SlickHound? Um, I think at a certain point in my 20s, I realized that there was no job that was worth doing if you didn't love what you were doing. Mm, very true. I got involved in a lot of different lucrative opportunities and ventures. And even after achieving the success that I thought that I was looking for, it just, I just moved on from it. It just didn't feel right. It just wasn't fulfilling enough for me. And I just was Mm -hmm. always restless, I guess would be a word. And when Slickhound came about, it obviously didn't, it just didn't come together right away. So it wasn't like just all of a sudden Slickhound, this is what we do. It's just matured into something that we, we, it's just our life now. It's just all we do. So, and we like it. It's just keeps us going every yeah, day. Yeah, it's it's obvious that you do. Now, what's the future? Are you going to stick with dog collars? You see yourself expanding out. There's a lot of dogs out there. There are a lot of dogs, and they out all there. need dog collars. And um, currently, we don't really have much need. I would say would be the word to to seek out other products to make. As a manufacturer, we've learned that the making process and perfecting product for retail is extremely challenging to get all the components and materials right and to make it in such a way that you can make money making it. Mm-hmm. And not all products can can be commercialized from homemakers right. or from people who want to manufacture here in the United States. Some things you just have to chalk up as a loss and let China do that because it's just how it is. So um, finding those products that um, can be lucrative and and can be capitalized on um, is a challenge. Yeah. So, and you're going to stick with dogs. You're not going to expand out and say like do a fat cat collar or something like that. Slick hound. It's or- odd that you would say that because we uh, we just found ourselves the new um, caretakers of a kitten oh. who has wandered on to our porch in the storms the last couple days. And that your four dogs haven't yeah, the four dogs it off. aren't sure if it's food or friend yet, <laughs> but the cat knows that the dogs are not friends. So that's kept the boundaries where it needs to be. But, um, we are one of the only companies that make the smallest size collars that we have that those are not done elsewhere that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. And that's the size that cats need. And the only difference between a cat collar and a dog collar in that size is the buckle that's sewn into them. 
and uh, I'd say we're very close to offering mm. um, all those crazy cat people out there uh-huh. uh, some fashion. <laughs> so. <laughs> so maybe an expansion into a different breed, if not a different product. And you, you mentioned 17 states, and so you've got some geographic expansion that you could look at too, right? Yes. Um, most of our uh, stores and retail partners that uh, purchase collars from us are definitely dog um, centric stores Mm -hmm. Uh, as much as cats are loved in this country they're not uh, they just don't have cat boutiques yet Um, and I say yet because who knows what's Mm going to happen in the next 10 or 15 or 20 years but uh, I know there's a few stores there that do offer a lot for cat owners and I'm sure they're going to be very excited to hear we're going to be doing some cat collars soon. Yeah, sounds like you've got quite a few opportunities still to, still to exploit there. And you mentioned slickhound.com. It's spelled a little bit different than what you might think, so go ahead and spell it out. We make people work a little bit when they say <laughs> the name. Um, it's S-L-I-K mm-hmm. and then hound, H-O-U-N-D. Um, it's just different because it can be different. And, you know, sometimes in life you should be different. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what Slickhound's all about. We just do everything just, just a touch different than the next guy, so... Well, congratulations on finally finding the formula and the success that you're achieving. If you'd like to learn more about uh, Nick and Amy Luke and the Slickhound products, go out to slickhound.com and that's slick with no C, slickhound.com. Thanks for sharing your story today and best of luck to you in the future. Thanks for having me out. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.